Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Daily Hammer Battery Power. We're going to call this another emergency podcast. All kidding aside, welcome to the Daily Hammer. My name is Sean Coleman. Pleasure to be with you once again. And I am joined by another one of the great, great talents here on the Battery Power Podcast Network. Of course, you have heard plenty from him in two previous emergency podcasts, but now a third one this week. Scott Coleman has been kind enough to join me. Scott, how are you doing this evening, sir? Sean, I'm doing great. I, like a lot of Braves fans on this Friday evening, we're probably sitting on the couch watching some college basketball and winding down from a a pretty crazy week. And even just Friday alone was a a pretty hectic day for baseball. And uh, out of nowhere, Kenley Jansen, come to the Braves and uh, there are many layers to this and happy to be on with you tonight to, to talk about it a little bit. Always a pleasure. We'll keep the trash talk between Scott, who is an Arizona Wildcats fan, myself, who's a Tennessee Volunteers fan, and fellow Battery Power podcaster Brad Rowland, who's a Michigan fan, who all whose teams all happen to be in the same bracket. We'll save the trash talk for another time because we got That's plenty right. <laughs> to certainly talk about uh, when it comes to the Braves. All joking aside, That's why we are here. Plenty has happened this week. I I can't speak for Scott, but I would probably say this has been the most active week outside of baseball actually being played that I can remember in covering the Braves with battery power. But Scott, let's get right into it. We'll we'll get into the analysis here in just a second. But just your initial reaction, you know, since Alex Anthopoulos has come to the Braves, we've kind of been used to these surprise signings, these out-of-nowhere signings, especially with the Braves being the their own sources on Twitter, if you would had it. But in terms of the timing, in terms of the cost applied, and in terms of the addition, this has to be one of the bigger surprises that I can remember when it comes to a signing during the Alex Anthopoulos era. Yeah, I mean, it, it was truly a stunner. I... I was working on an article that's going to run on battery power tomorrow morning on Saturday morning um, as a state of the Braves, looking at the roster as a whole, the 26 man um, where there were position battles and, and spots on the roster that were up for grabs as, as opening day is now three weeks away. And man, when I wrote the bullpen section, I mentioned that there were a couple of spots up for grabs, but to me, I thought that, that was not going to be an area where Alex Anthopoulos was going to add more before opening day. Um, If you would have asked me 24 hours ago, if the Braves would have interest in Kenley Jansen, especially at $16 million for a year, I would have said, yeah, no way. They'll they'll probably look for an outfielder, maybe a starting pitcher. Um, So a a true surprise. I don't know if I've ever been this surprised at a signing or a trade from Anthopoulos, um, especially at an area that the Braves 
have ridden so well over the last couple of playoffs, of course, the way they, they rode the night shift to the World Series just a couple of months ago. We know what kind of impact an elite bullpen can have, and I think it's fair to say that, at least on paper as we record this, the Braves have the best bullpen in baseball, and talk about adding a guy with the pedigree of Kenley Jansen. Um, it really is an exciting time. And of course, you know, th- th- this will kind of get into, you know, what defines this. Why is it a bit surprising? And there's a couple of different reasons as to why, you know, at the start of this week, obviously the big moves with Matt Olson and, you know, Colin McHugh, bringing back Eddie Rosario, as well as others. You know, Alex Anthopoulos had talked about the fact that he had hoped to have his roster set by Friday. And it certainly seemed like he had done his heavy lifting, especially with McHugh and, and Olson, as well as Eddie Rosario. And of course, Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers. All that happened this week. But then we started to hear, hear rumblings that the Braves may be interested in bringing back Jorge Soler. And, you know, that I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. But we were like, okay, the Braves are still interested in another player. And so this must mean that they have more money. So not only is it the direction that they went, but it's to the extent that they did. We'll discuss Jensen in just a moment. But elaborate that on a bit, Scott. Not only the money that was spent on Jensen, but go in the direction of him instead of what I would consider to be more needs maybe for another bat and especially another starter. Yeah, and we'll see what Anthopolis has up his sleeve. I mean, I thought the roster was fairly set as of a couple hours ago, and and here he goes adding uh, one of the game's premier closers, a guy who's been dominant for a decade now, was still really good last season. Um, We'll see. I mean, Anthopolis said in his press conference with Matt Olson on Tuesday that payroll was going up, and quite obviously it is. I think the the flat payroll is at about $180 million now, and the luxury tax payroll is up to like $205 million, which is pretty crazy. We know how well they did financially during the World Series run. Um, I, I suppose there's still room. I mean, if, if the Braves want to add another outfielder, Jorge Soler has been uh, rumored. We'll see what kind of deal he gets. And um, there's really no, this was something we've talked about on this podcast a little bit. There's really nothing left in the free agent market as far as starting pitchers go. Uh, of course, they could always swing a trade. Uh, we'll see what happens over these next couple of weeks. Uh, but really just, I, I really, again, to, to repeat what I said a few minutes ago, I really did not think the bullpen was going to be an area where Anthopolis was going to commit $16 million. Um, I like the move. I, I think uh, coming off a World Series, when you have the financial ability to do so, you should be greedy. I, I want to win another World Series. I think you do too. Um, but you're right in the fact that there are some, I don't know if holes is the right word, but there are certainly areas the Braves could address here uh, before opening day gets here. And um, the bullpen is certainly a luxury, and we'll see what other moves come over these next few days. And Scott, I think that you've seen a shift in, in Alex Anthopoulos' approach when it comes to building this team. Listen, after that 2019 team, where let's be honest, I th- certainly think they underperformed. The Braves should have been in the NLCS. They, they, they lost to the Cardinals in five. But the reason I'm going back to that, it just felt like that after that 2019 season, it shifted from building a team that you hope got to the playoffs to putting together a team that you felt confident was going to be able to advance in the playoffs. And now the Braves, especially offcoming winning a World Series, they're acting like a contender. So I know that it's surprising that you could have had a depth in the outfield where you know you have Ronald Acuna injured. You obviously have holes to fill 
in the starting rotation, but the Braves doubling down on arguably the biggest reason they won the World Series, having as deep of a dominant bullpen as possible, it certainly shows the moves of a confident contender and that they're making moves focused on putting them in the best position to advance in the playoffs because they're confident they're going to be able to navigate the regular season to get there. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's that's partly some of the front office's thinking that maybe they – may have a little bit of a bump in the road here and there with the rotation, but if they know they can hand the ball to the bullpen, I mean, let, let's take a step back and look at this bullpen as a whole, right? You have Kenley Jansen, who um, there was a nice uh, little bit tonight in Alex Anthopoulos' press conference that um, Will Smith is fully on board with bringing in Kenley Jansen to this team. Presumably Kenley will be the ninth inning guy moving forward, and that frees up Will Smith to be uh, a left-handed weapon in the later innings. Um, but let's look at this bullpen right now. You have Kenley Jansen, you have Will Smith, you have Tyler Matzik, you have AJ Minter, you have Colin McHugh, and you have Luke Jackson. I mean, that is shockingly good as a top six for a bullpen. And then you have some some other options besides that, right? At some point, Kirby Yates will get healthy. Um, we'll see who emerges out of spring training as the other arms in this bullpen but those are six certifiably good to elite relievers coming out of that bullpen door for Brian Snicker. Um, it, that is a real weapon to have. We know how you need depth in a long 162 game season. Uh, it should present the Braves with a lot of options. And uh, again, it's just a real surprise that if you would have told me that Kenley Jansen was going to come on board here at this time in, uh, in the off season, I, I never would have believed you and Hey, good for, uh, Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves for going all in. This is a very much win now move. And um, on a one year deal, it's been said before, but one year deals, it's hard for them to go wrong. I, I guess they can go wrong, but more times than not, you're going to come out ahead on a one year pact. And the other thing that I certainly think helps out, in, in all honesty, is Brian Snicker as well. You know, during the regular seasons, even through these four division titles that we looked at, listen, there have been several times we've been left scratching our head when it comes to his bullpen management. But kind of like Will Smith, who absolutely became lights out in his performances, Brian Snicker became absolutely reliable as can be when it came to making the right calls at the right time with his bullpen. That certainly played a part in the Braves' bullpen being as excellent as they were. Now with all these options that Snicker has and with some questions in the rotation mark, I think Anthopolis kind of, you know, honored it, Snicker's improvement by saying, hey, I'm going to give you as stacked bullpen as possible to where if you feel, even if it's early in the regular season, if you feel your starters can't get it done, you've now got plenty of options to rely on that will naturally keep rest going. You've got a great bullpen to rely on. Make the right calls like you did last year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting uh, talking about the rotation and, and the media availability with Anthopolis just now. Um, he was asked about the starting rotation, and his quote was, we would like to go add one, but that opportunity hasn't presented itself, whether in free agency or trade, for us. So at this point, it's clear that the Braves want to improve the starting rotation, but as we know well, uh, there's no more difficult spot in baseball to improve than a starting rotation, right? Like, teams don't trade their good starters. Um Free agency, you generally have to overpay. And as we noted, I mean, there is truly nobody left in free agency at this point from a starting pitching perspective. Um, so I'm sure they're going to try. We'll see what transpires over the next couple of weeks. 
Um, and again, the, you know, the outfield, I think you could probably argue both ways, whether or not they need another outfield bat. Maybe they add someone, maybe they just kind of let it ride the first couple of months and figure if they need to, they could add somebody at the trade deadline in the middle of the year. Um, but again, if you can be greedy and you can improve on what was on paper going to be a very good bullpen to begin with, you add in a guy like Kenley Jansen to the back end, it's a, uh, it's a dangerous combo. And Uh, one that the Braves are going to have a real advantage with over the season. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year, at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And all, the other thing that I really like about is that, you know, last year, you know, or going into last year, one thing that stood out to me, Scott, especially when it came to the bullpen, is that the Braves had a talented bullpen, but they also had a bullpen that, you know, in 19 and 20, they didn't have that many strikeout artists. They, they, they didn't have that many guys who had the ability to, you know, miss bats with their pitches. They go out and get Rich Rodriguez at the trade deadline. He, the league kind of figures him out. He doesn't even make the playoff roster because he could not miss bats. Well, that certainly that narrative has certainly changed. Now you have plenty of options that can miss bats. Will Smith may not even be one of your top four guys missing bats out of the bullpen. Huh. Wow. The other big difference that stands out is that you have the capability of being able to pick and choose what, what approach you want to go with with plenty of options that can miss bats and miss bats consistently with power stuff. Yeah, no, you you absolutely nailed it. And being able to strike out guys, um, it, I know it's a never-ending point of contention and debate whether or not strikeouts matter, but with a bullpen, they absolutely matter. And the series that sticks out to me was the 2020 uh, playoffs between Atlanta and Los Angeles, and you nailed it. Late in games, it felt like even if the Dodgers weren't scoring, they also weren't striking out against the Braves' bullpen. They were putting the ball in play. They were seeing what was happening whereas the Braves just weren't putting bat on ball. They were striking out. They were having no chances to really get any kind of a rally going. When you have those strikeout artists at the back end of a game, um, it's amazing how how the dynamic can change. And you're absolutely right. Say that Will Smith is not throwing the ball super well. You're suddenly not locked into having to go to him in a one-run game against the Mets in a game where you really want to win it. Um, We know how competitive this division is going to be this year. And having that versatility in the bullpen is, is going to be a great weapon. And um, I think it's a, uh, it's, it's an admirable, admirable, goodness gracious. I can't talk. Uh, it's been that kind of a week. I think it's a big time addition for the team and, and one that could help the Braves stand out uh, in what should be a really uh, competitive division. 
Of course, another fun narrative about this as well is that, you know, one that, you know, you probably shouldn't pay much attention to, but hey, for the sake of of discussion on a podcast, we're going to sit here and cover it. So obviously we know the team that Kenley Jansen has spent his entire career with, and now we sign him away from them at the age of 34. And of course, we're talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers and Scott, the Dodgers had a bit of time celebrating their own, own recent free agent signing. And that is, of course, Braves legend Freddie Freeman. It has been a it's been a very interesting day when it comes to the articles that Buster Olney and, and others have, have written about when it comes to Freddie Freeman. Obviously, we now know the details of, you know, kind of, you know, how Freddie Freeman and his and his representatives may have misplayed their hand a little bit when it comes to negotiations with the Braves. But but I, I gotta ask your opinion. I know you've given it a little bit on Twitter, but just your thoughts overall on the on the information we found out today as far as how things unfolded over the past few weeks between the Braves and Freeman in their negotiations. Yeah, it's fascinating to hear from afar how everything shook out. Uh, Buster Only, I believe it's behind the ESPN paywall, which is unfortunate, but Buster Only had a a lengthy report today about how the Braves and Freddie just never made any kind of progress on a contract. And as Buster Only paints it from his sources, it, it sounds like Freddie Freeman's agent kind of dropped the bag a little bit. I mean, there was talk of of more or less an ultimatum that was was presented to the Braves with a one-hour deadline of a take-it-or-leave-it type deal. And, of course, as we know now, Anthopolis did not take it and then shifted uh, to Matt Olson instead. This is obviously an article that is being sourced from the Braves' side of things. Um, Interestingly enough, if you watched Freddie Freeman's presser today or, or listened to anyone around uh, the Dodgers side, they tell a different story. And the, the real truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I really do feel it's unfortunate the two sides were not able to come together and, and make a deal happen. Uh, you and I and everyone out there love Freddie Freeman for what he did for this organization. Um, but there was a lot of conflicting information today. And it, it kind of, I don't want to say tarnish the legacy, but it's an ugly way for this to wrap up. I think there's a little bit of, of, uh, public relations battling here through the media. Um, I, I'm not sure. What did you think, Sean? It, there's there seemed to be a lot of opinions on this today. Certainly was, and and you know I um, I, I appreciated Buster Olney's um, um, article. I, I said it in our Slack group. I, I think that you know, listen, nothing's going to change about my opinion of Freddie Freeman. I I absolutely adore Freddie Freeman. I love him for the person that he is. Love him for what he's done for this team, and I'm so happy that he played an important cog in us winning a World Series title. Um, Unfortunately, things just didn't work out. I'm glad that he got paid what he got paid, even if a lot of it is deferred. I'm glad that he found it, you know, an opportunity to get back home. I am not too thrilled that things worked out the way that they did, that he either got bad advice or whatever it is. I personally don't want to see there be fallout between the Braves and Freddie based off what happened, though I naturally, naturally think that's what's going to happen. But I applaud the Braves. I think that the Braves have absolutely handled this the best way that they could. When it was clear that Freddie was going to play the waiting game and he was going to play games in general with his representation, they made the move that they had to to get the next best difference maker. And, you know, Scott, you know, I know that you especially, you know, have a little bit of a laugh when it comes to the you know propaganda narratives that the Dodgers beat writers will put out there about trying to put the Dodger and Freddie spin on it out there. I applaud the Braves for just simply letting the, the the more respected names that are out there 
tell the truth. And and this absolutely has come to show that the Braves were in the right with every little, every single bit of this process. So those are my thoughts on it. I'm glad it worked out for both Freddie to get paid and to be home in South Carolina, or excuse me, Southern California. But I'm also very happy the Braves got, you know, a difference maker in Matt Olson long term. And, and Scott, that will lead me to actually, um, as, as we wrap up here on the Daily Hammer, that actually will lead me to my um, question that I, I've been wanting to ask you. Considering what the Braves have done this offseason, considering what the Dodgers have done, you know, all in all, we haven't seen just too huge of a move by many other National League teams. You've got the Phillies who seem to be loading up a bit on offense to match what they've done. But when you look at the National League hierarchy right now, Scott, and there still are a few names out there that could, you know, make a difference in time. But when you look at the National League hierarchy, I think it's the Braves and Dodgers, heads and shoulders at least, heads above the rest. I think they're right there on the same wavelength. How do you see the hierarchy in the National League now with what we've seen this week? It's a great question. Um, I, I think it's pretty clearly that at least on paper and baseball is a funny game, but I agree. I would think uh, the Dodgers and the Braves uh, in some order are the two favorites. Of course, we know how good these two teams are and some of the playoff battles they've had have just been epic in recent years. And then you think about this rivalry and Freddie going to LA and now Kenley coming to Atlanta. Um, there are some pretty great storylines. I know when these two teams meet in the regular season, it will be uh, appointment viewing. Um, other than the, those two, I think the Mets are pretty good. Uh, they, it's tough for me to fully buy into the Mets. I know they have spent a kajillion dollars this off season on paper. It's a strong roster. They probably have the best starting rotation in baseball. Uh, the lineup has uh, uh, maybe not holes, but there are some areas I have questions with. Um, and then the Phillies who apparently are just trying to field like a team of entire, you know, entirely designated hitters. Uh, we'll see what kind of moves the Phillies make. They're always looking to spend money. I think they're going to at least be in the, in the hunt, uh, with the expanded playoffs. You know, Milwaukee is going to win that division by 20 games just because of how bad the central is. Uh, and then the one wild card for me is, is the San Francisco giants. Um, last year was kind of a perfect storm. Everything went right for the giants. We'll see what this year looks like. And then the San Diego Padres, they were a team that, in the first half of last year looked like they might be the world series favorites. And then the wheels completely fell off. They're already dealing with an injury to Tatis. Uh, we'll see if they're able to hang with Los Angeles and San Francisco out West. But um, to answer your question, I really do feel this is uh, Atlanta and Los Angeles at the top. And then I, th- I would put the Mets there at third pretty firmly. And then a couple of other teams that have some, maybe some questions, but also all have real upside. So then, Scott, with the news that the Braves have signed Kenley Jansen, I'm going to have to to, to to end this episode of the Daily Hammer. I'm going to have a quick three-question lightning round for you. You've got five seconds to answer each question. If the night shift was the nickname for the 2021 Braves bullpen, what's an appropriate nickname for the 2022 version of the Braves bullpen? <laughs> uh, the more expensive night shift. <laughs> The higher paid night shift. There we, there we go. go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got a raise. If, if you and I and I'm not sure how many Braves games you get to see in Atlanta, but 
when it comes to the bullpen, who would you expect him? And I'm asking this because the announcement of the night is that, you know, Mark Bowman just came out and said that Alex Anthopoulos stated, Kenley Jansen will change his entrance song from California Love to Welcome to Atlanta. Scott Coleman, who are you putting your money on to have the best entrance of all the relievers as they take the mound this year for the Braves? Oh, man. Um, I love Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson brings me happiness and enjoyment. and uh, I, I will put Luke Jackson as uh, maybe the, the rowdiest entrance, just knowing his personality. Uh, but Kenley coming in to uh, welcome to Atlanta will be pretty cool. And then the final question, most important of all, Scott Coleman, if you were a member of the Braves bullpen, what would be your entrance song when it came to taking the mound in a big spot out of the Braves bullpen if, if you had that if you had that job? Man, that's a good question. Maybe Hell's Bells. I think yeah. it's it's tough to beat that. Um, yeah, that that would probably be, I would like to do something that's local to Atlanta, but Hell's Bells in, in the in the interest of rapid fire five second answers, which I have gone well over at this point, I would go with Hell's Bells. Yeah, I stand alone by Godsmack. That that would absolutely be mine. If I was ever a wrestler or a reliever, my interest music would be I Stand Alone. So, hey, that's sure. the great part of the Daily Hammer. You never know what type of excellent content you're going to get. Scott, this has been a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, to join me and, and break down another really fun, interesting signing, but one that clearly, in my opinion, shows the Braves are acting like clear contenders and once again have strengthened their spot to be, you know, in that World Series run this year. Thank you for having me on, Sean. Always good to be with you. And you're right. This is an all-in move for the Braves. And as uh, as Tom Brady says, you win one, and what do you want to do? You want to go win another one. So hopefully this is a big step in that direction, and uh, we're able to celebrate two in a row. And it not, if not, it should at least make things a lot of fun in the late innings uh, for this team this year. Thank you so much, Scott. And of course, uh, myself, Scott Coleman, Brad Rowan, Eric Cole, many other talents certainly contribute to the Battery, Battery Power Podcast Network. You can find Scott, Eric, and Brad on the Battery Power Podcast Network, myself on the Daily Hammer, and many great talents along with Eric on the Road to Atlanta Podcast, all a part of the Battery Power Podcast Network, found at BatteryPower.com, as well as at BatteryPowerSBN. Also check out our, our Battery Power YouTube show with Grant McCauley and Corey McCartney. Subscribe to the YouTube show. Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to look out for Scott's excellent write-up on basically his roster preview overview with plenty of position battles. And of course, you can check us all out at Scott Coleman 55 on Twitter, myself at StatsSAC. For Scott Coleman, my name is Sean Coleman. Thank you so much for joining us. Can't say this will be the last one, but it's always a pleasure to, and it's always a pleasure to talk with you here on the Daily Hammer. 